Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And, and this, this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. I think that was mine. Hello, 50 ishers. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and don't give a 50 like us. Trish, we're getting lots of positive messages coming via Instagram. This one was from 50 Isha Emma, who said, loving all your podcasts. You're like cheeky friends. I've just turned 50 and now it's here. I'm not bothered at all. You could say, I don't give a 50. Oh my gosh. I love that. So do em. I. Don't so, give a 50, Em. So good girl, Emma. We're really proud of you and yes. really happy to have and you with us. And we are happy to be your cheeky friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, for one, love cheeky friends. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Cheeky friends are quite fun. Mm-hmm. So, Trish, I adore stories of energised women, and today's guest, Sandy Barker, is just that, in every sense of the word. This is a story of a 50-ish woman who is right in the process of turning her lifelong goal and passion into reality and a full-time career. Amazing. I applaud that, and I applaud her. And it was so lovely chatting to her. She was everything that we thought that she was going to be. Just so much energy almost radiated, because we did it via online virtually but just mm. yeah yeah just she's one got of those people that just you know that you would click with like yeah just mm. yeah yeah effervescent she was effervescent she was yeah she certainly was it also reminds me like her her story reminds me that if you set your sights on something and work really really hard eventually you will get there you know and it also reminds me that you are never too old no. which is what we are all about yeah you know and women you know, reinventing the is, themselves as she mentions tenacity is the key she does yeah so she's currently working 50 to 65 hours per week between two jobs to ensure her dream becomes reality and it is working so what does she do well four days a week she works in adult education and the rest of her week, including weekends, is spent working as a romance novelist. Potentially some of the other times is spent researching. Researching. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the vibe that I picked up. Exactly. <laughs> so Sandy and her partner took a midlife sabbatical in 2018 to live and work in various countries around the world. That in itself is fantastic. I know, yes. I know, I know. I would love to do that. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah, yeah, that will never happen in no. my world no. because my husband's just not up for Unless that. Unless we do it together. together. <laughs> yes, we have actually talked about that, haven't we? So at this time she had just self-published her first novel and written another two but was looking for a traditional publisher and agent. I mean, it's a hard slog. Mm-hmm. So when they arrived in the UK where destination romance is a much-loved genre, she found her reading and writing tribe, as she mentioned. And just after returning to Melbourne, she got the one. Let's face it, you only need one, Trish. She got a publishing contract with HarperCollins UK and a UK-based agent. I was just agent. about to say the one you never have is the one you never get, but that's not appropriate in this. No, no, it's not. 
<laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Moving right along. <laughs> so her first book was republished in 2019 and another seven books followed with an eighth published in November last year. She's also just signed a five-book rom-com series with Boldwood Books and has another passion projects underway as well. Like, for example, she mentors, you know, we found out how much she mentors emerging yeah, authors. So it's amazing. She says yep. young, but young not as in age, young as in your writing career. I mean, this girl is epic. So it seems like there's just nothing that the holds her back. The other thing that was amazing with the synchronicity of this interview is we worked out mm. that when it is released today, that is the same day that her first audio book will be available. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to jump online. Yeah, good girl. Yeah. And we love it's that It's a for summer in Santorini. Santorini. Yes. yes. That just, you know. So, yes, if you're an audiobook person like me, today's the day for a summer in Santorini. I'd like to spend a summer in Santorini, I must admit. I yes. know you've been there. Well, I have. Not for an entire summer. My yeah. friend Hot Todd sent her, <laughs> spent a summer there in his youth. <laughs> Which is quite some and there's stories. A, there's I a think funny there'd be story a novel in there. Yeah. There's a novel in there. Yeah. He needs to chat to Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> so we were thrilled to spend time with Sandy, learn more and harness some of that energy. Enjoy our chat with gorgeous Sandy Barker. We did. Hello and welcome to Don't Give a Fifty, Sandy. How are you? How's Melbourne oh, today? It's so Oh, it's, you know, it's typical Melbourne. It's grey. And I was just up in Brisbane, up your way, and it was such a glorious weekend, so sunny and so beautiful. And it was a little sad coming all the way back to Melbs. Um, but thank you for having me. It's really, it's a pleasure to be here. And I have to say, I'm so, I was sorry that we missed you as well, that we couldn't get our schedules aligned. I so had you in studio. We I think, love getting our hands on people in studio. Uh, we absolutely <laughs> time, love it. Time. Yeah, so next, next time. time yeah, yeah, just couldn't For quite sure. make that happen. It was a last-minute trip, so, mm. you know, I I just appreciated hearing back from you. So yeah. I thought, mm, you know, don't give a 50, Sandy. Just contact them. They Good might girl. See people when we, say, when we say reach out <laughs> through our website, if you've got an interesting story, this is what happened. So, exactly. Yeah. And Sandy yeah. has an interesting story, so let's dive in. So, Sandy, we love to ask our guests to help us and our audience get to know you a little better. We love a little bit of the backstory, a bit of the, you know, I know it's overused and cliche <laughs> word, but it's undeniably suitable. Your journey. journey. <laughs> My journey. From then to now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm i actually a bit like you, um, Mel, in that I was, a, I was a teacher. I know that you kind of came to teaching later in life, but I, I was a teacher for most of my 20s into my 30s. And I did a big career change and ended up in adult education and, you know, I worked for a tech company. So I was doing all of these things and I had kind of forgotten that I'm a creative person and that I had, you know, these sort of creative goals when I was a lot younger. I wanted to be an actress. I, you know, oh, didn't we all, Sandy, didn't we all? Didn't we all, you know. <laughs> I, I still and, do, and I so think. When, I mean, that dream kind of died when yep. I got a reality check. And, you know, a lot of my friends went to drama school and building an acting career. I was just so in awe of their tenacity and their thick skin, and I just knew that that wasn't for me. So when that dream died... I just kind of forgot that I was a creative person. And so it wasn't really until I hit my 40s that I was just getting that little niggling voice of, um, Sandy, hello, you're a very creative person. Um, you need to honour that part of yourself because you're mm. kind of miserable. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh, I'm and so, so late. And so I really kind of dug deep and, and thought it's not acting. It hasn't been acting for a long, long time. But I am a storyteller and I kind of was always writing and I thought I need to get back into writing. I need to give this a serious go. Yeah. So it was it was really that shift that kind of happened in my early, early to mid-40s and – I'm coming up on 54 now and I've been a published author since just after my 50th birthday. So, you know, it's never too late to actually completely transform your life. 100%. Um, and it was a bit of a journey to get there. It was of a bit course. of a journey to get there and we can talk about that maybe a bit later. But, we will. yeah, I just – I. 
it was it was just this kind of pivot where I hit midlife and thought I don't want to be one of those people who retires with a gold watch at age 65 from the same job that I have now. Yep. So I thought, what do I want to be doing? I want a career as an author and I actually just started down that path and it's a long, long path and I'm still on it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. it sounds an exciting path. But Sandy, what I'm taking away from that as well is when I joke with my daughter about actually joining her at drama school, it's not that silly after all. I mean, she's horrified. <laughs> maybe maybe you, you go to adult drama school and she can go to No, no. It's, what's that Megan McCarthy movie where she goes to uni with a daughter? Oh, I don't. Party. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, anyway, that was actually really – but it not. has that same sort of theme around just kind of waking up and going, um, I can actually change the, the trajectory of my life, you know. Like it's 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 going this way and, and you know, my dad would always say, you, you're, going to, you're going to end up where you're headed. <laughs> so if you don't like where you're headed – and where you're going to end up, you need to change directions. It's and so, so that's Sandy, kind of what they do. when you say that, it resonates with me, but I think of a lot of our guests as well, who we just get in a flow. One thing happens, the life happens. You know, it's like not... Life happens. For, I think when we're young, we make choices and we choose this and we choose that. And then, you know, for part of our life, I think we just go with the flow and the momentum whether that be, mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's same for women who, you know, may not have, you know, chosen or that a life of marriage and kids wasn't for them or whatnot. But I feel like that kind of that vortex, so to speak, you just kind of go, well, I know I have with what's next, what's next, what's next, without kind of really thinking, mm-hmm. okay, what do I, what's the choice that I want to make rather than what's the best choice for everyone? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, and there was a point in, I was mid thirties when I decided I actually didn't want to be a mum. And that was a huge shift for me because I'd kind of always just grown up I'm going to be a mum. I'm going to have, you know, two children by the time I'm 27. Oh, the best laid plans. The best laid plans. And when I got to got to around 35, I just had this kind of, that was another epiphany and it was, I don't actually want to be a mum. And, yep. you know, that was kind of one of, that was a taboo thing to, yes. to decide. 20 years ago Mm. and I had a lot of people you know tilt their head at me and go oh don't you like children I'm like I'm a I'm a I'm a teacher. <laughs> I made a career of children. I love children. Yes. yes. You know, people would say, on oh, how many children do you have? And I'd say, oh, about 300 this year. Yes, yes. So exactly. Like, yeah, good point. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of judgment around that and mm. I had to be okay with that. Mm. But I was also thinking about the, you know, the other judgment that was kind of coming around my desire to be a writer. I remember sitting down with a financial advisor. I had just moved to Sydney. I was in my th- early 30s. And he said, so what's your retirement plan? I said, well, I'm going to be an author and I'm just going to write until I drop dead. I'm going to be like Barbara Cartland, you know, except it's probably going to be cats, not dogs. And, (laughs) and I'm, you know, I'll always work. So I'll have that as a source of income. And he just looked at me like he thought I was joking. And I was like, oh no, I'm quite serious. But it was really quite a blow to have this complete stranger look at me like I was you know, living in fantasy land. Mm. And then that dream did get shelved for a long time. It wasn't just that, but there were a lot of factors. As you said, Trish, life, you know, like I was I was a career teacher and they were grooming me to become an assistant principal and all of that was happening. Yep. And I just was kind of going along yeah. Yeah. and all my friends were getting married and having babies. So I was like, Auntie Sandy, just doing that. And like, okay, I just forgot. I just forgot who I was. Yep. And even when I met my partner, Ben, we've been together. 16 years now and he's a tech guy he's really kind of you know very logical he's a logical thinker and when I expressed that dream to him even he was like oh well that's a good hobby to have yes. <laughs> yes. I think yeah. that anything to do with the arts yep or creativity and I think that I mm. encourage my daughter when she wanted to do drama whereas I think she was also very nervous like you that it seemed fanciful it seemed like but Mm. then you see all of these brilliant people carving great careers out of it Mm -hmm. but I think it's Mm -hmm. just that Mm. thing that and 
because they haven't grown up or because people haven't grown up around actors or around authors, like you talk to people that have grown up in that creative environment and... Mm -hmm. It's just the norm. It's just the norm that they're Mm -hmm. going to go down that Mm -hmm. path or do something in the arts. But Mm -hmm. for those who haven't grown up around that area... It seems like wow, that's a really wild thing to do. Are you sure? It does, yeah. yeah. And 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 I was listening to your um, chat with Chelsea Bono. Yeah, and it just was kind of that was the environment. So it was just that was her normal as a yeah. child. Yeah, it's just a given. You, you're, exactly, you're around mm. all these creative people, and you know, often you will say this, and so does Sandy in Good Girl Confessional. Is you can't be what you can't see. And, you know, I always believed that as a teacher and always wanted to expose my students to as many professions as possible and, you know, just kind of aim, you know, what are you good at but what do you love, you know, what are you passionate about and let's try to get you in front of some people who might be able to mentor you, show you around that world. Amazing, yes, amazing. And that's, you know, and being now I'm, I'm, I've gone from being an emerging author to kind of a little bit more established and I'm very happy to give back to the writing community because I want to be encouraging younger authors and I'm using air quotes, which you can't see, um, but I'm using <laughs> we can air feel quotes it. because younger in their career, younger yes. in their career, you know, yeah, yes. emerging, authors, emerging authors, I'm always you know, always willing to kind of answer questions and give a helping hand because that happened for me. I had established authors, big names going, hey, come on in, you know, pull up a chair at the table. That's that abundance mentality. Sandy, I have got a few things that I want to say. And the first thing is just stepping back in relation to your decision not to have children. I'm proud of you. It's just owning your space. It's being true to yourself. So why do we have Mm. to fit into this construct of what we have to be? You are navigating Mm -hmm. that because it's your life and you're making your own choices. So hats off to you. I'm so proud of you. I've got girlfriends who've made that decision as well. Mm. I've got girlfriends who who don't have children that it hasn't been their decision, but I've got girlfriends that it has been their decision and we're all in our 50s now. They're they're loving their lives and they're extremely comfortable with it. So proud of you, girlfriend. Amazing. The other thing I wanted to say was when I was at uni, and this is going back to your financial advisor meeting, Mm -hmm. when I was at uni, in in relation to creative writing, the lecturers always said, don't give up your day job because it is so Mm. difficult to become a published author. And let's just say mm. that accountants and financial planners do that role (laughs) because they really do lack a little bit of creativity and vision (laughs) and dream. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah. Soar with our strengths. Soar with our strengths. Uh, That's right. You know, so, you know, creatives wouldn't want to live in that world or work in that world. But I've tried. I've tried. It didn't fit. So you are now straddling two careers or juggling two Mm. careers. So you are working in adult Mm -hmm. education and also spending Mm -hmm. all your spare time, your weekends and whatever, writing. So did you ever falter Mm -hmm. from your goal to become a full-time published author? Well, once I kind of made that decision, yes, I absolutely did. So I started working on this book and I reached out to this, um, we we were living in Seattle at the time, moving, moving back to Australia, I reached out to an agent here in Melbourne called Brian, lovely man. I sent him, he liked the pitch, I sent him the manuscript and he wrote back Actually, you know, he called me and he said, love your writing, but this isn't your first book. You're not Leanne Moriarty. <laughs> it's like, not yet. You know, I had multiple points of view, multiple narratives, timelines. You know, it was yep. epic sort of sweeping drama. And he's like, uh, just go away and write a single linear narrative. Okay. And so I did. I did. It took me a couple of years and I kind of like, what am I going to write about? And my partner, Ben, says, well, you know, how we met was kind of a cool story and it is a cool story. So I I kind of used that as a a launch pad. Then went back to Brian and said, hi, do you remember Mm -hmm. me from two years ago? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he read the book. He said, I want want to represent you. I'm like, oh my God. So I had this thinking, this is around 2015. I had this thinking that this is it. This is the launch of my career. I have a literary agent. He's going to sell my book and I'm going to, you know, and you know, all the visions that you have and all the way that being an author is portrayed in in the theatre, in the cinema. Now I've got you living on some cliff in Scotland in a little cottage with a beautiful garden. Absolutely. Yeah. Wrapped in some great cardigan out on the bench with a cup of coffee. Sunroom. Exactly. You know, letting the inspiration come. But he he shopped the book around 
to pretty much every publisher in Australia, which, you know, Australia is quite a small market. And everyone said no. One no was so harsh. Uh. It was like, what is this? That was the start of the email. Dear Brian, what is this? I don't understand this book. It reads like a travel journal. It's just weird, you know, like, and I was like, oh, my, oh my God. And just he's sending me the, yeah. the rejections <laughs> verbatim, mm. and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Mm. Remember, so, no failure, just yeah. feedback. We've been trying to embrace that now. <laughs> I mm. know, I know. But 40-something Sandy was like. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't so worry. But tell the truth, I'd be still doing that today. <laughs> So after a year, he he and I parted ways amicably. He said, I can't sell your book. I love it. I'm so sorry. He was like, could we rewrite it to have some danger? You know, maybe they get taken over by pirates while they're on the sailing boat. And I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so at least I stuck to my guns there. Yep. And then, you know, it sat in a drawer for two years and my dream was just like, you know, getting gathering dust. And then, this is going to sound so odd, but then we saw the film La La Land. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't seen La La Land, it's it's about following your dream. So it's about mm -hmm. a jazz musician and an actress who fall in love and they're both at the kind of the start of their career. And there's this moment where she is basically given up, but she's convinced to go to this audition. And there's, you know, spoiler, uh, but I'm sorry, you've had a lot of time to see this movie. Um, yeah. Spoiler, she gets this great breakout role and she becomes this famous actress and has this wonderful career. Now we leave the cinema and we're on the tram and I'm like, weeping yeah. <laughs> I'm like weeping and we get home and I'm like I need to be alone and I just sat with myself for a good few hours of like what the hell are you doing no one's gonna knock on your door and say hello are you Sandy Barker? Do you happen to have an unpublished manuscript? Manuscript? I've <laughs> been looking for you for years. Anyone. It came across my desk two years ago and I've oh never found you since. Oh, my God. Anyway, so I decided, look, I'll back myself. I'm going to self-publish this book, which I did. Yeah. And... You know, that was a bit of a, that was a huge learning curve. You know, I got cover art done and had a professional edit and, and put it out there and went, okay, great, it's out there. And to the 100 people who bought it, thank you. That was <laughs> yes. really, I loved and appreciated that. And I remember I got my first review from somebody I didn't know and I was really excited. But concurrent to that, we had decided to go on sabbatical for a year where we, I was, I think what year was this? So I was 49. Mm -hmm. And we left our well-paid good jobs <laughs> yep. and we put stuff in storage and we left Australia and we, we kind of did an around the world loop and I wrote two more books and it was when we got to England and we were going to be living in England for a few months. That's when I discovered that travel fiction is actually a legitimate genre. Yeah, this and is I this found is my writing tribe. This is a really interesting yeah. part of the story. One thing I want, well, I, I've got once again a few things that I want to ask you. But one is that you went on to so you'd self-published. That was a massive the learning vertical, as we like to call it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, hundred people bought the book, and you you know you had the the review and whatever. But then you still your passion for writing writing was still there that you went on to write two more books, you know, and potentially yeah. we're going to have to self-publish those as well. So once again, hats off to you. But also why is it that that genre is so popular in the UK and not here? Why do you yeah. think? It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I, I really don't know, and and I go back to that email from what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I think you know that's coming up on nearly ten years ago, where I think the Australian publishing industry just it wasn't something Australians travel, they go and they see and they do. Maybe it's that I don't know. I mean, I would just be supposing, but it just didn't really resonate with an Australian market. And then when I got to the UK, it was all about travel fiction and travel romance. And, you know, there were really well-established writers. I discovered Julie Kaplan, who's now a writer friend of mine and was started reading her books voraciously. And I'm like, there is a place for me. <laughs> You know, I got really excited and I started to connect with people through the socials and I started compiling my list, my wish list, publishers, 
agents. Ah, and manifesting. All in UK. Good girl. Yes. And I start and I perfected my pitch and every no I got, I honed that pitch and went then we moved to Portugal and I was still pitching to the UK. And, you know, I got some good feedback and I joined Romance Novels Association over there and I was just kind of immersing myself in this community of of, of authors. And we got back to Australia and I have to say, I know that it's the F word, um, but 50. I didn't have anything. <laughs> 50. 50 all, you say. 50 all. It was the other F word. It was the failure. I felt like a failure. I I I had rejection, 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 rejection. Got back the week after we landed, I got an email from an imprint of HarperCollins. This book is unfit for publication. Oh. (laughs) Like, oh, Sandy. You know, like all these blows. I'd already self-published my second book. I was getting ready to do my third and I was like, okay, this is going to be a hobby. And then I got an email and it started out, it was very British, it started out, Dear Sandy, we are so sorry. And I was like, oh, oh God, here we go. Rejection. Mm. We are so sorry. We've taken so long to get back to oh you. Oh, my god! We love your book and want to publish it. <gasps> and I know, it was a life-changing moment. And I started ugly crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> and my partner's thinking that some, you know, something it's terrible has happened. happened yeah. and, you know, yeah. families, what's happening? You know, he's going. And I, I couldn't speak, and I'm running at the computer. I'm like this, and and he he's going, oh my god, and I'm going, oh my god, oh my god. And it was ironically, and I've been to the HarperCollins offices in London now. I went there last year. Somebody who was sitting just down from the person who said it was not fit for publication loves the book. Wow. Different division of HarperCollins, different Mm -hmm. imprint. Okay. And then... Yeah, so that was kind of my so, that was my one yes. Sorry, they, they say it takes one yes, and that was it. What do you mean by different Go division, ahead. different imprint? What do you so, mean? Just different, two different sets yeah. of eyes look, looking at it and reading it. Is that what you mean? So a lot of publishing houses, particularly the big ones like HarperCollins, will have what are called imprints, and so that will be like a little division within HarperCollins that has a particular focal point. Okay. So yeah, I signed with an imprint that still exists called Avon. And then Avon then um, split into uh, stayed as Avon, but also split off into one so more like chapter, is, which is where is I Avon published like my a next certain book. Style of book, like your romance, travel, etc. Or do they? Yeah. So I think over? Avon. Yeah, Avon predominantly focuses on contemporary women's fiction and romance, more, more cozy romance. You know, the ones set in the Cotswolds or Cornwall, oh, yeah, or that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And where I, I, I picture mean, you I know living they, when you're writing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then one more chapter was kind of a, more of a focus on broader commercial fiction. So that was where I ended up and, you know, lots of rom-coms and crime thrillers and the, the page turners. So yeah, it was just two people in two different divisions had a completely different experience yeah. reading the manuscript. Mm. And so there is that luck element. And I've always been very open about the fact that, yes, I pitched you know, dozens of times. I got dozens of rejections. I honed that pitch letter every single time. I was writing. I wrote three books before I got a publishing deal. Yeah. Self-published too, was learning all of the marketing stuff, was immersing myself, reading a lot to learn, 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 get better and better and better. So 90% hard work, maybe, I don't know. And then that, just that luck of the moment of this yeah. is the right book, hitting the right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah, luck right wouldn't part. have happened had you have not yeah, done. Yeah, that's all what the I think exactly. too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's led you to that point. And to just, I mean, I know this might seem like an obvious question, but can you just tell us for our fifty-ish tribe exactly what travel yeah. romance genre is? Yeah, yeah, sure. So. I wanted to explore because travel has always been so, so important to me. I, you know, did my first international trip at seven and I was hooked and I have always traveled as an adult and my partner and I met traveling. Traveling is something that's, you know, we don't have children together. We have traveling together. Like that's been kind of our passion and our joy. And I really believe in the transformative nature of travel. And I know that both of you actually really love travel as well. And, you know, you talk about, you talk about how it's being in different places and meeting different people and having those experiences that actually can make your growth trek you can have a bit of a growth spurt mm. as a human I oh think. yeah um, yeah 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 and totally so agree. I, I, yeah. 
want to tap into that. Want to tap into that. And so yes, I write rom coms. They're they there's always they're always going to make people laugh, or I hope so. I'm pretty funny, so hopefully they do. But there's always that heart and that heft. And so I my heroines or and my heroes, I'm writing dual point of view at the moment, but they need to change. They need to have kind of this some kind of shake up of their lives. Yep. And so they go. Uh, to find themselves okay, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's another cliche you know but it's so a formula the that setting works. becomes important <laughs> in books yes, and so in it works yep so the and settings are absolutely yeah. yeah the setting is really really important and so I you know I'll have readers say I'm always so hungry after I read your books because I write about the food and I write about you know <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Yeah. you know the sights the smells the sounds everything and I only write places that I know well so okay um, yeah so you can yeah, yeah you can yeah. really describe it like you said using the senses yeah. all the different senses yeah, yeah. immerse yourself yeah your sensory <laughs> is immersive. immersive immersion yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be immersive and I'm not mm. I'm sure it's not surprise but when the pandemic hit and we couldn't go anywhere travel fiction boom yes. of course, you know, unfair travel and so I was like man I hit this genre yeah. right at yes. the right time you know I got published in 2019 and it was like okay everybody we're going to Hawaii New Zealand Bali yeah. oh Italy yeah. you know all of these so places. you're one of the people that the Benefited. pandemic worked for yes <laughs> one yes. of the few we're starting to actually meet women though whose businesses yeah. have like thrived during and the pandemic them an opportunity they took to off yeah off. a huge yeah. opportunity and we love that we love that we're thrilled yeah. for you your yeah. success is awesome sandy i must ask like with book titles including one summer in santorini that night in paris a wedding in tuscany a sunset in sydney and also a sunrise over bali i mean that all sounds fantastic and i mean i'm in <laughs> but <laughs> I'm into. I haven't had a chance to read any of them as yet. But can I ask, have you, is it a lot based on your personal life experiences based in your writing? So, other than Santorini, which, you know, the first little Mind you, I have had five nights in Santorini. <laughs> Yeah, well, I freaking have. Oh, well, that's actually so, more yeah. than I have. I've had like, zero. No, thank you. We actually went. Um, bloody love Well, my place. partner and I met. My partner and I met in Santorini. Oh, stop. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love that for you. Um, he he is a, he was the cute American boy, and oh I was the Sydney gosh. girl. Oh, um, and we met on a pier. Oh, my heart's fluttering at, at a marina <laughs> in Santorini when we were about to get on the same sailing trip. So we did oh, oh yeah, sailing trip. Okay, and then, mm-hmm. so yes, that book kind of that was when I you know I was told by Brian go away and write one single linear narrative oh, yeah. and not the Leanne Mar- yes. Moriarty book I was like okay I'll write the story of how Ben and I met so it does when you if you read kind of like the first 15 percent of that book it's it's pretty much how we met okay so um, you're and then I introduced both- a Love interest. So yeah. your sailing Another boat trip in Santorini was a little bit different than mine. <laughs> um, we did go on the beautiful sailing boat with I think it was about five other couples. Gordo and I were, okay, mid-40s. And then we had one couple that looked like they were fresh from Brazil, hot, oh. and on their honeymoon. Ah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, was she in her G-string bikini? Yes, and, and he oh, was hot. And it. then there's Gordo and I. <laughs> Mid-40s. He's got ah. pale skin. I've got a voluptuous figure and a sensible cover-up <laughs> and a nice hat and sunscreening each other up. <laughs> yeah, but and they still like bashing out yes. on the deck. Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, how to say you're you a midlife woman without saying you're a midlife woman? <laughs> did you have the cabin next to them? Because oh no, no, oh, it was just it was place. just a day trip. Fortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would oh, not. Thank goodness, you would yeah. not want the cabin oh, next goodness. to those two. Oh my god! I tell you so what, funny. what I was intrigued about, just following on from Trisha's question, was: Have you read the Bride Stripped Bear that was written by at, at the time oh, god, anonymously yes. and Nikki Gamel? So yes. because it was so raunchy and controversial so she was asked a lot okay was that you were you doing that stuff Mm -hmm. was it friends like Mm -hmm. blah 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 Mm -hmm. so how Mm -hmm. raunchy do your novels get and obviously okay so we know about you could ask uh, is that you are you raunchy (laughs) (laughs) 
the novels. How raunchy are you, by the way, Sandy? <laughs> is it based on who you are or who you want to be? <laughs> <laughs> Like, is it stories that you hear? So you might now, so Sandy might now use the Gordo and Trish yeah. story for Santorini. Yeah. As, I mean, if oh, you yeah. really want to heat things up, you could. That's hilarious. But, no, I can Sorry. give you many okay. more, Sandy. If you're ever lacking in inspiration, just call me. <laughs> I think I know how to answer that question. Thank you. Well, the first is, I mean, just kind of backtracking a bit, the, the story, the, the travel adventures that Ben and I have had do make it into our books, you know, and I'm also a shameless stealer of other people's funny anecdotes. So, um, Great. sorry, Trish, that's mine now. Yeah, yeah no, um, that's, that's fine. Just give me a book. call once It'll a week and I can fill your head full of my nonsense. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So if I'm ever, you know, characters in a dinner party scene and somebody needs to chuck in a funny anecdote, I'll give Trish a call and say, hey, what do you got? If you would like to hear if Sandy is raunchy or isn't raunchy and if it's her stuff or somebody else's stuff, keep listening after this short break. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's actually a really great question. And I do get asked this question a lot, particularly because my family and friends read my books. Um, And, you know, the books that you listed... (laughs) Uh, my dad says he just skips those scenes, um, but, Bless but, him. but the five books that you listed are all part of the same series and the heat level's probably about a three and a half, okay. coming up on a four. Out of? Um, I do. Ten. Out of five. Oh, out of five? I was about girl. to say, well, it's no Jackie Collins at all. I was reading at the fine age no, of 15 no. that I shouldn't have been. Typically in romance, it's out of a, you know, yeah, five. Okay. So I would say three and a half. And I have to say my agent and my editor, I, I often get pulled up on how <laughs> raunchy my sex scenes are. They're like, turn it back, dial it back. In Tuscany, which is the fifth book in the series, it's told from the points of view of two sisters. And my editor came back and said, there are too many sex scenes. There are six sex scenes. And I said, no, hang on. You tell me I get three sex scenes per character. There are two main characters, six sex scenes. There's always kind of, you know, the one that's kind of the full sex scene and right. then there's the one that's the little teaser and then there's the one that's kind of the mid, mid, you know, okay. mid-level sex scene. But <laughs> those are probably my raunchier books, whereas my other three are either there's no sex or it's clo- what's called closed door, so it's like the fade to black. You know, oh, like, yes. and, and then they work. Up, and you know, yes, and, and yeah. the, you know, the memory of of them being together was you know fresh in her mind or whatever, blah yeah, blah yeah, blah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I it's it is funny, and because the first book is you know loosely based on Ben's and my story, people get embarrassed. They're like, I read your book, and then they can't look at me, and yeah. I'm like, okay, yes, and they're like, I couldn't read that scene. I couldn't just, I just couldn't stop picturing you and Ben. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that's. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking sort of, you know, Outlander, Jamie and Claire, you know, yeah. the wedding well, scene. The reason that that's Diana so good it was, yeah, yes. that was I amazing. mean, it does now help I... when you have Jamie Fraser. What's his name? Uh, oh, Sam Hewen. Yes. Sam Hewen. Oh, oh, my God. That awoke some things that have been dormant in a very long time for me. Yeah, well, yes, I mean, people were reading Fifty Shades of Grey and I'm going, um, excuse me, have you read Outlander? Yes. <laughs> Not only sexy as romantic. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, 
Diana Gabaldon writes a great Mm -hmm. sex scene and they've done such a good job in the show. Like those two, the chemistry. The chemistry is great. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, and you know, you know, it's a good sex scene when somebody who doesn't watch Outlander as in my partner is like kind of creeping towards the couch and watching (laughs) over my shoulder. I mean, let me tell you. really hot and I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) Hewen. And I, I can't pronounce her name, Catriona yeah. Balf. Katrina. Katrina, is it? Yeah, Katrina. Oh, is that, Katrina, the, is that the Gaelic Katrina Balf. spelling, is it? It's yeah. the Gaelic okay. spelling. Okay, all right. Yes. Katrina, yeah, well, Katarina she's... Roundtree. And they're gorgeous. She's Katarina. Katrina. She is so beautiful. Yeah, no, she does. Anyway. Katriona. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely made an omelette of that, didn't I? Made an absolute omelette no, of Katrina's name. Your pronunciation. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> you articulate very well. You're very posh. Oh. No doubt you thought it was Katrina. Your, your emphasis was on the wrong syllable. Oh, I love it. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly right. <laughs> Okay. Sandy, it's so interesting when we were talking before about this being such a popular genre in the UK because I have a girlfriend who every Christmas, now she is a high-level exec and every Christmas over the Christmas holidays she will read romance novels one after the other after the other and she actually lived in the UK for quite some time. Ah. So there must be a correlation to the lifestyle over there. Maybe it's the weather more indoors. Do you think? I don't know. Maybe. I think. I mean, there is there. It is it is very indoorsy, of course, because you know a lot of the the year it's much colder than it is here in yeah. Australia. But you know, the Brits love their summer break and their summer reads, and so right now they're just coming out of spring. You know, the frost is breaking and the tulips are are bursting through, and they're all about their summer reads. Like, what are they going to yes. read? You know. So I think I the travel yeah. yep. travel romance um, rom coms. Uh, I mean, I think rom-coms are kind of universal. We really do kind of love those oh, everywhere. It's just but easy and lighthearted. Books, mm. Exactly, exactly. But the holiday books, the Christmas books, you know, that's that's something that is really, really huge over there. And I knew pretty early on when I was signed with the HarperCollins, I was like, I need to write a Christmas yeah, book. Yeah, I need because, to tap into that know, market. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It comes around every single year. Like the old Mariah so Carey actually, album, girl. <laughs> They're all doing it. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Everyone's all, releasing a Christmas special. Every year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Christmas special. George Michael, um, so, last yeah. Christmas I gave you my heart. Um, every Christmas it comes out. Every year. Every year. And I'm sucker for Christmas. It's like yeah. it's my favourite holiday. I am, I'm a complete Christmas tragic. So I I ended up, I wanted to write a, a, a Christmas book that was set in, to, to, you know, Christmases I've had around the world. So my mum's American, my dad's British, I'm Australian. I've had Christmases in lots of countries. And I was like, how do I write three Christmases into one story? I thought about doing subsequent years, but I actually wrote The Christmas Swap, which is three girlfriends who live in three different countries and they swap oh, Christmases yes. and they all get a love interest because I write rom-coms. And to the two readers who contacted me to tell me that it's unrealistic that they would all get a love interest, I write rom-coms. I just like to reiterate yeah. rom-coms. Yes. Everyone gets a love interest. Yes. Um, so, yes. yes, absolutely. But anyway, you, Trish, you can tell your girlfriend that you've got two more Christmas books for her to read. Okay, we'll yeah. do yeah. holidays this year. Yeah, you know yeah. what you're going to get her for Christmas. Yeah. That's easy. See, what, what do you think it is that's so unique about the romance novels for midlife women? Is it it's an escapism? Are we looking for that or what is it? Well, I think, I mean, most of my my characters are in their 30s and 40s and, you know, I probably will end up writing characters into their 50s. Some writers call it henlit instead of chicklit, but I think, <laughs> you know, we're kind of all chicks at heart. Yeah. I, I think there is that escapism and, you know, uh, there is a, there are a lot of romance authors who, in fact, most of the romance authors I know are in their 40s, 50s and 60s Yeah, because we've lived it, yes. you know, we've done it. And so we have this great perspective and not to disparage um, romance authors in their 20s and 30s, there's some fantastic authors who are writing hilarious, brilliant stuff. But I think it, there is that escapism and Yes, absolutely. And the thing about romance is you know what the end is going to be, but how you get there, what the journey is, is what's unique. And I think 
as a writing in that genre, it's often maligned. It's often oh, like, yeah. oh, it's just romance, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's so formulaic. It's so easy to predict what's going to happen. And it's like, well, okay, so you've that's you've just called out the biggest challenge, which is the conclusion is a known quantity. So you're either going to have a happily ever after or a happy for now. My first book's got a happy for now and the happily ever after comes, you know, in yes. book three of that series. But, you know, you know where you're going. Yep. But my challenge as a romance author is to take you on the really interesting journey to get there. And I want to write a bit of emotional heft. If I bring a tear to your eye, good, because I want to make you cry as much as I want to laugh, make you laugh, or I want to make you swoon, or I want to make you fan yourself because my, you know, sexy sex scenes or what have you. Tingle. You want to have a tingle in the loins. Exactly. A tingle. I want to make you tingle in your loins. Yeah, I, I think that there is a huge challenge for romance authors is to take those tropes that the reader is expecting. And we've got we've got a readership now who are so well educated about tropes because of book talk. Is there you a know, thing they that, know? Is there a thing that like when all these people like read these saucy romance novels, then go back to their own lives? Is there issues? Is there some sort of issue or you know kind of um, syndrome happening? <laughs> I don't With the know. The rise of the romance novel. Mm-hmm. So causing <laughs> unrest in the PhD normal. In. Yeah. That's a thesis a for someone, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've got a partner who's like, you just let me know when you're writing those scenes. If you need inspiration, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're inspired, I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> did, you, did you say book talk? before book talk yeah so it's um it's kind of a corner of it's a big corner of tiktok which is the book talkers you know they talk about books and and books can books can become juggernauts just based on somebody who's a tiktoker Mm -hmm. going this book's amazing or what have you and they're so creative they're creating really great content around books they're really setting the bar very very high but yeah and you know, I went into Dimmicks. I was in Sydney last November for work and I went into Dimmicks because I had a tip that my book was on the shelves. And I walked in and it was not only on the shelves, it was on the book <gasps> talk wall. Wow. And I was like, what, what? And I have to say a huge thank you to Dimmicks, um, the Pitt Street store, because I just kind of was like, hi, for one of the staff, hi, I'm Sandy Parker. I'm one of the authors um, that you sell here. I'm I'm happy to sign some books. I didn't plan on being here, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they went and got a guy called Josh. He's fabulous. I love him to bits. I follow him on Insta. He does all of the Insta for for Dimmicks. And I went and found – they went and found him and brought him over and he went, oh, my God, you're Sandy Barker. I love that night in Paris. And he read my books and knew who I was and I was just like, oh, my God. He goes, come, 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 we're going to sign some books. So I signed some books and that was – he just made that just a fantastic experience and that was just me dropping and going, hi, you know, I just want what's called a shelfie, you know, a picture of me with my book on the shelf. So that was great. But, yeah, BookTok is – you'll see it now. If you see those displays that those are the books that are really popular and rom-coms are right up there and mm. contemporary women's fiction right up there as the most popular mm, um, that's amazing and you've just had a five book rom-com deal or contract signed I haven't you I have I have yes so last year was my my eighth book with HarperCollins was published and so that was the end of I wrote out the end of my contract and I had this idea for a new series and I've got an agent who's over in the UK as well and we had pitched to a particular publishing house and it was kind of my number one pick because they are commercial, really focused on commercial fiction. They're brilliant marketers. They're brilliant editorial. And I was like, I want to publish with them. Let's, you know, knock on the door. And we were, my agent is, she's just, she's a genius. She's so brilliant. She's going to hear this, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I tell her to her face that she's brilliant and I appreciate her. But she actually timed it really well because Boldwood is the publishing house. They had just secured Emily Yao, and Emily Yao is an editor who discovered Beth O'Leary, who wrote Flat, The Flat Share, which has just been that new rom-com series. I think yeah. it's on Amazon Prime, you know. So Emily is my 
editor. Wow. So Emily Yao, I know who's worked with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian and Beth O'Leary. She's like, you know, telling me, I love the writing. You know, I think it's going to be a really oh, good Sandy, This is exciting. <laughs> so exciting. It's such an exciting so, time. Yeah. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. We are you. proud of you. you. We are thrilled. Thank that is you. just Thank you. so, yeah. so cool. So, based, so, yeah, that's the next chapter. But it has been so like, despite all of that, and I being so excited for you, which we genuinely are, you know, we know from our conversation to date that it was a really hard slog. So we, my question to you is what advice would you give other midlife women who have got a goal and a passion that they're working towards and they're in the middle of the hard slog now? Like tell us, tell us about that and the advice you would give to, to them. I think it's, I think that tenacity is probably the most important characteristic or character trait to develop and you know even when I was going back to my teaching days that's that's what I wanted to instill in my students and I still and I have had to lean into that because I've had some dark moments and that's I've had dark moments since I got the publishing contract you know it's not publishing contract doesn't mean that the hard work finishes and then you know you just submit a sloppy first draft and kick your feet up and they do all the hard work I mean it is a slog every single book is a slog you hone it and polish 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 you submit it they send back lots of requests for edits you do it again they send back copy edits you you do it again they send back you know Mm. like it's this it's iterative you've got to do all the marketing you've got to keep informing yourself and I'm still working um I was until recently working full-time now I'm working four days a week so I'm kind of still in the slot but the goal is there and you know you have both done this you have both kind of flipped flip well you've you've flipped the model on its head you've gone okay what else let's let's start a podcast and you've worked your bums off yeah and you know you're, you you said before we started recording we're still learning we're still learning I'm like of course we're all still learning I'm still learning mm-hmm. as an author I learn every day but you know we're I, we're 77 podcasts in you guys yeah. are yeah. You're doing it you're actually doing it Funny. <laughs> yeah um, okay yeah fair enough <laughs> and so it's I would say I would say take celebrate the the mini milestones yep my part we always have we always have bubbles in the fridge always Love good that. i'm like i finished that chapter that was being a real cow yeah. and it's like bubbles hooray you know, you know what i'm going home tonight going hooray. i got through wednesday <laughs> bubbles yeah sometimes it is sometimes yeah. it is so celebrating that but yep. also find your tribe um, I think it's really, really important to find surround yourself with people who will lift you up when yes. you're feeling low, yep. and who you can lift up when you're when you're the one that needs to lend the helping hand. So because, important that sense of community, oh my God, belonging. It is so important. Yeah, it is so so important that you're with connected with people who are doing something similar mm. and believe in you. And believe in you when you don't, because imposter syndrome is re- is a real, yes. real. It's it's a it's a bitch. Yeah. And, oh yeah. It's, it goes it, it hand in hand with that time. wicked comparisonitis. Awful. Mm-hmm. Well, Trish and I have had a Absolutely. lot of it in this journey. <laughs> yeah. Imposter yes, syndrome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Particularly earlier on. Yeah. I think it's getting a little bit better. Yeah. But we're far from out of the woods with that. Yeah, but I think yeah. that kind of yeah. is a nice thing to almost embrace. You know that kind of imposter syndrome is almost like you're saying I'm giving this a go but I'm still very aware and humble and whatnot. Yeah, I, thinking, I, I guess it grounds you. Nail, I'm 15 nailing this now. <laughs> I'm 15 nailing this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. It does smashed keep you it. grounded. You're right. Yeah. Wait, it's mm. my girlfriend who said smashed it. Yeah. <laughs> 15 smashing this now. 15 smashing it. I love it. Yeah. And sometimes you do feel like that. So, yeah. I, you know, let's, let's, let me just kind of, let, so what are my, what are my big points there? So yep. find your tribe. Tenacity, um, celebrate the mini milestones. You know, t- celebrate the mini milestones and you know carve out time this is the thing is people people will I I get a lot of oh I've always thought I could write a book but you know I'm just so busy I don't have time (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's like well if you want to write a book you're going to have to make time so I get up at five I write and I switch gears and go to my day job. I found that I was trying to write after my day job yeah. and my creative juices yeah. were gone. Oh, yeah. They were gone. Yeah. It was like, yeah. You're on empty. That job had sucked the life out of you. As You're running I on like empty. It's 
the life out of me. So well, I am, I'm like, okay, my creative brown. Mm. It did. Yeah. It is. Well, sometimes the life, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, my creative brain is most useful in the morning. So that's when I write or do my editing. And then I switch gears. And I now Friday, every Friday is a writing day. Yep. And then I usually write sometimes on the weekends. So until I can step away from my day job, and I do enjoy my day job. I work in adult learning and it's every day is yes, different. Nice. Next week I get to go to a hospital and film training videos and I'm like, whoop, whoop. I mean, yeah. fun, interesting yeah. stuff that I get to do. Yep. So that keeps me going as well. But to find your tribe I think is really important. And every day I'm on a WhatsApp chat with three authors. We're all the same agency. One of us is at the same publisher. And they're my girls. One of them is in Washington State. One of them is in Scotland. And one of them was in New Zealand, is now back in the UK. And we are WhatsApping all day. Right. Bouncing. And we are, yeah. we're, it's like every author, every author, anyone who's an author and listening to this will appreciate this. Every single author gets to a part of their manuscript where they go, oh my God, this is complete shit. Mm, no one yeah. is ever going to want to read this. What am I doing? And I had that when I wrote my last book, which is, you know, like book number 11. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going, yeah. This is terrible. And then you get over that hump and you go, this is the best book ever like you know it's kind of what they call writer's block or is that a different thing to writer's block I think writer's block is just sometimes you can write yourself into a corner and you really and you have to just step away for a bit yeah and go oh and you probably yeah you're nodding you're nodding um so I Mel's Mel's got it because she's a creative writer as well sometimes you you go oh Oh, no, 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 no. What was I thinking? And you realize you need to completely change the point of yeah, view okay. from that chapter. So you've kind of gone in flow in one direction and then you get to the end of that and you go, oh, it's my like gosh, that was the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. You go in, you right into a cul-de-sac and you're like, yeah, there's no way out of this. I need to backtrack. <laughs> Can um, I just ask, like when you're yeah. talking about the creative writing process, and because I'm very visual in my thinking, etc., I can imagine like even drawing on things that have happened in your life and then you go, you know, that daydream where you go, what if it played out this way or what if it played out this way or what if I had yeah. said this? Yeah. So does a lot yeah. of that come into it? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know that you know those times when you've had an argument with somebody or you've had And you rehab it in your head ten times afterwards? Then, no, I know nothing about that. And, and yeah. <laughs> On the way home and you're, like, thinking of all the perfect snappy lines. Yes, yeah. Well, I get to write those. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Once again, give me a call because I've got a lot of those conversations in my own head. So give me a scenario and I'll run a few yes, through with you. Yeah. that is sensational. But, yeah, I mean, when I get in the flow, um, and if I if I, if I I had that block, I don't, I don't call it writer's block, I just might feel like I'm a bit stalled. I actually yeah. can step away for two or three days until I'll be, like, vacuuming or on the and treadmill the, yes, or yeah. doing grocery shopping and the scene, it goes, it plays in my head. Yeah. And then I come home and write it. It's yeah. funny. I often, when I'm in the flow. I often yeah. say that to Mel. I, 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 it's I, like I'm just going to sit with it and then or like yeah. one day I can remember calling her. I was on the way home from the beach and I'm poor Mel was packing to go somewhere. I must have called her five times and go, and then we should do this and then we can do this and then what about we do this? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now I'm just going to text you because I know I'm being a pest. But they just kept coming. <laughs> But sometimes when, when comes, you sit when and you go, okay, I need an idea, they just don't come. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And sometimes I'm in the flow and I'm I'm literally picturing it because, quite filmically, you know, yes. like the characters are doing all these things and I'm literally just following them around and writing down what they do and yes. say. And then sometimes, and other authors will appreciate this too if anyone's listening, is you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, my God, and then this and then this. And you have to write stuff down yep. because you won't remember it in the morning. And it's very, very annoying when your characters are, like, poking you and waking you yeah. up. You know, it's, in your it's dreams. always like having a cat that's yeah. like, going, wake up, wake up. And I've woken up, like, wee hours in the morning and I and – and Ben's like, what are you doing? Like, I've written the next chapter. Of my, just, just, yeah. <laughs> have you ever know, like been dreaming down, like, and your characters come into your dream and play out the scene? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've actually woke up. I woke up with the idea for the Christmas swap. I woke up and and it had happened. Like, just the broad strokes of it had happened. So, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. inspiration comes in lots of different ways. Yeah. But um, often I'll think, you know, the fifth book in the Holiday Romance series, the Tuscany book, 
that was supposed to be set in France. And in 2020, Ben and I were going to Europe and we were going to go to France and then we we're going to wine country and I was going to set the book there. And then, of course, pandemic happens and I can't go anywhere. So I had to think, well, where can I go that I know well enough? So I'm just kind of drawing on the reserves. Sure. Of, well, we've been to Tuscany a few times. Oh, my sure. gosh. Had you have known me then, I could have helped you again with a scene. Like Gordo and I sitting outside of our little villa sandstone villa in Tuscany with the picture-perfect blue door, him and his Jackie Howe having a glass of rosé and me in a white linen dress having a glass of rosé. The Jackie Howe has actually been on holiday. That's his casual gear, his leisure wear, as I like to call it. So we've got a signature series of him and his Jackie Howe all around the world. I love that. I love Keep that, that visual for your next romance novel. I'm stealing it. I tell you, if you ever end up in that cul-de-sac, just give Trisha a call. <laughs> so many romantic moments in my life. <laughs> and mine. You know, I'm benchmark very high. Sorry, quiet. ladies. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Sandy, tell us what your future goals as a romance novelist are. Actually, a few. I mean, I... I I want to get to the point where I'm just writing full time. Yeah. So I'm, you know, slowly replacing a, a full time salary with my royalty earnings, which is good. So I'm doing, I'm on on that path. Good girl. So yeah, when I get to the point where I, I feel confident and comfortable, because I still want to be, you know, re- contributing to my retirement and all of that. So that making a living, but also I'm just signed for this new five book rom-com series which is set in a dating agency a bespoke matchmaking agency in London and that's you know that could be five books it could be more and more if it's really popular that that's gonna be a Netflix series I'm telling you now (laughs) oh I you know that's the dream now well that's a dream that's a dream so I I hold on to that good girl something's gonna get picked up yep if they can make Hallmark Christmas movies out of my Christmas books oh my gosh I've got another idea for you I'm not gonna say it in case it goes viral but I'll talk to you about it afterwards (laughs) okay when we've stopped recording okay and then when it does go viral I'll tell everyone that that was that was your idea (laughs) (laughs) and then there's I'd just love to write in some other genres my girlfriend and I she writes mysteries she writes cozy mysteries and I write rom-coms and we have written a sexy crime thriller together it's already written and our agent is shopping yeah we're with the same agent so she's shopping that around at the moment and we call it Big Little Lies meets Gone Girl and it's set in Melbourne it's got a fantastic twist it's got gruesome murder it's got it's got everything it's got everything so we're just waiting for that to be picked up and you know and I've got a contemporary women's fiction book that I'm about two-thirds of the way through which is set in Sydney it's about a lifestyle guru who blows up her life and it's it's got a, a lot of heart and humor but some deeper themes as well nice. so yeah I've, I've just got other stuff I want to write I just I would love to be writing full-time just so I have time to write all my ideas yes, yes. <laughs> well I think that as you Busy. mentioned your tenacity has paid off so yeah, it's paying off right yeah, now because you're living it now yeah. Like it's actually happening Thank for you, you, which is just awesome. Sandy, it is time for our wrap-up question, and it's a question we ask all our guests. I, I often frame it as our world famous. Yes, I mean, that's, that's what Mel's manifesting <laughs> for us. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've just dubbed it that myself. I don't know why, but anyway. So if you could go back in time, what would the 50-ish Sandy tell her 20-ish self? I absolutely love this question and it's it's become a favourite part of your podcast episodes. And I was really thinking about this because, you know, 20-ish Sandy was, you know, she had her heart broken but I'm actually really proud of her for that because she just kept her heart open and was open to loving and I think that we all learn from those experiences. Yes. As um, our psychiatrist was, George West, Blair West says, that's what's meant to be happening at that time of your life. Mm. Absolutely, oh. absolutely. You're, you're forming forming a norming aren't you and she was 20 20 something sandy was also very bold so i moved to la when i was 19 i moved to and lived there for a couple of years i moved to london when i was 26 so i would i'd give her a big thumbs up and say good job on being gutsy and going out and exploring the world and having you know living your life and i moved to sydney right at the end of my 20s well I was 30 so yeah I suppose that's the end one so look I would say good job good job on keeping open but I would tell her look 
love, you're not going to be an actor. <laughs> you know you're not going to be an actor. Never say never, so darling. Never say never. <laughs> well, I think I knew I, I knew yes. in my late 20s that that just wasn't I, – I wasn't gutsy enough to pursue that as a career because of how much work it took yes. to actually just do that yeah, and I have agree. a day job. Like I was just like, it's not going to happen. But I could have been taking my writing a lot more seriously then. So it would be that. It would be like, mm. okay, darling, you are a creative soul. Do not forget yeah, that. that tell dream. your stories a different way and and do not give up on this dream my first book as i said was published when i was 50 and maybe that would have been earlier and probably would have been a completely different type of story because i brought kind of all of my late 40s 50s you know mm-hmm. like perspective to that book but yeah i would just say good job you're doing it you're okay you're surviving good job. you're being open and um bold and brave but don't give up on that dream don't shelve that I dream love that. yeah i do too i think i'd be telling my 20th to get in touch with you Sandy, and go, you need to travel, get overseas a bit more. Let's be friends. Yeah. Go travelling together. Oh, yeah. Honestly, good chat. Good yeah, chat, Sandy. Thank you so thank much, you. Sandy. Oh. You are such an inspiration and I just wish you every success. So do I. And but I it's happening. Going to We're manifesting your that Netflix series. Right, we are manifesting. Netflix for you. series, manifesting. Um, yeah. We're doing well, thank it. Thank you so much. And we'll it. touch base because I've got an idea for you. Okay, my own little reality Brilliant. series. Just hold the line, hold Sandy. Them. Hold the line for that one. <laughs> so that's it from us today. You'll find links to today's divine guest, Sandy Barker, in our show notes, which includes her socials and website, so you can access her novels. Don't forget to stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram at Don't Give a Fifty or email us at hello at Don't Give a Fifty dot com dot au. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like us to discuss or if you would like to put yourself forward or someone you know to be a guest, go to our website www.dontgiveafifty.com.au and while you're there, sign up to be part of our 50-ish tribe. We would love to have you on board. Also, and very importantly, if you've got a moment, leave us a rating or a review. Remember, gorgeous 50-ishers, life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we're all 50 and awesome regardless of age and living and ageing is an absolute privilege and just being awesome is our right. Absolutely. Every single day. Sandy, so people, if they go to your website, they can buy your books there? Yes. Yes, yes. there's links to all the all the regular buy links. Brilliant. So I've checked it all out. around an e-book and print. And, right. um, Any audio books for me audio. who does a lot of driving? Yes, Woo-hoo! first three are coming out in audio. Oh, yay. yay. First one is in two weeks. Woo-hoo! Oh, yay. Well, let me know. Sensational. First audiobook customer. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me. It's been absolutely gorgeous meeting you both. Oh, Thank you're you, a joy. Oh, <laughs> oh was she in her G string oh, bikini? Yes, and, and he oh. was hot. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 